From 8th Street to 8 Mile Road, from I-5 to Highway 99, Podcast Stockton. Stockton. I love this town. Most miserable city? I don't think so. The show all about the great life in Stockton, California. This is Podcast Stockton. Welcome to Podcast Stockton for Friday, May the 7th, 2010. I'm Rod Villagomez. And I'm Matt Beckwith. Welcome back to all our returning listeners. If this is your first time checking out Podcast Stockton, thanks for checking out the show. We'd love to hear your comments. Leave us a message at 209-565-3229 or send them to mail at podcaststockton.com. Coming up on today's show, we review the Stockton open mic night scene. We talk about the Thunder's playoff push. We review Yogurt My Way. And we interview Emily Bain from the Downtown Stockton Alliance. I thought it was Yogurt My Way. No, it's Yogurt Our Way. Yogurt Our Way. Okay. I like yours better. But first, a look at the news. Fireworks are now legal in the city of Stockton. The city council has passed an ordinance making it possible for nonprofit groups to sell safe and sane fireworks that residents are free to use within city limits. The decision to finally legalize these fireworks was made based on financial considerations. Stockton's downtown certified farmer's market opened again for its 13th year this week. Shoppers can take advantage of over a dozen local certified producers over the course of the next six months. For more information on the farmer's market, Visit the Downtown Stockton Alliance homepage at www.downtownstockton.org. This has been Podcast Stockton News. Hi, this is Wes with the Stockton Conference and Visitors Bureau coming to you from the historic Waterfront Warehouse in downtown Stockton with your Stockton Weekend Activities Guide. Uh, Saturday, this Saturday in downtown Stockton at the Stockton Marina will be the Celebrate the Delta at the Stockton Marina. There will be live blues band, kids activities, food and drink, and lots of prizes. It's totally free, open from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and that's at the downtown Stockton Marina right there at the Waterfront Warehouse on Weber Avenue. And also on Saturday at Weber Point will be Valley Dance 2010. You'll enjoy back-to-back performances by various cultural, traditional, and non-traditional dance organizations from throughout the San Joaquin Valley. This is from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at Weber Point in downtown Stockton. And just to mark your calendar for some upcoming events, don't miss Rain, a tribute to the Beatles at the Bob Hope Theater on May 13th. And in Lodi, the very popular Zinfest is on May 14th through the 16th. And the annual Street Painting Festival, Lincoln High School, that's on May 15th and 16th. And that's coming up. And for all you bike riders, at the end of May, the Mayor's Hike and Bike is on May 29th. That's it for today. For more information on local events, check out visitstockton.org. And next time, be sure to go out there, or until next time, excuse me, be sure to go out there and celebrate Stockton. So some would probably uh, say, or at least at one point, that Stockton did not have an, uh, a good um, indie music scene. I, I would disagree with that. There's a nice current of uh, good musicians running through this town. Yeah, and you know, I mean, on Earth Day we saw some, uh, some, some great musicians play, and um, I hung out last night at the Empire Theater and watched uh, a, few, a few acts play and uh, forgot about the fact that they even had open mic. 
But uh, Thursday nights, every Thursday night at Empire Theater down at the Miracle Mile, they host um, open mic night. There's always some, uh, some, there was, you know, the place was packed. Um, it was an interesting crowd too. There was a bunch of teenage, I don't know, half emo, half, you know, rapper kind of people. And then there was, you know, people like my age, older people. But there was a good cross section of people. And actually, you know what's interesting? I forgot about this. There was actually five Stockton police officers that uh, just walked in, got coffee. And then like 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later when I left, they were out in the back where my car was. And I saw that I had my camera. And they said, hey, can we get a photo shoot? And I said, yeah. I said, can, can I take your picture? And they're like, no, <laughs> you're not taking our picture. And I'm like, here's five of Stockton's finest hanging out, drinking coffee for like a half an hour, all on the Miracle Mile. You sure but, they didn't get up and sing some Donna Summer after you left? Uh, you know, they may have. That would have been interesting. Oh, heck yeah. But uh, I went and watched a friend of mine's uh, two daughters play, um, and uh, they were phenomenal. One of them, I think, is 17. The other one, I think, is 12 or maybe 13. But they were phenomenal. And um, there's a couple other acts up there. There was one act. Um, there was a lady on acoustic guitar. Uh, there was a guy beatboxing very well, I might add. And then some guy that, I don't know, he was like a younger, very, very skinny Eminem that was rapping really, really fast. And, uh, it was an interesting combination, but you know, there's, there's great music. Uh, there's still great music in Stockton. I, I, I wouldn't yet say that we are a, um, you know, the music capital of, uh, of the central Valley. I think Modesto probably gets that from us, but, um, you know. Thursday nights, Empire Theater. I think it's definitely worth it. And they're at uh, 1825 Pacific Avenue. I love open mic. I absolutely love open mic because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that I am a open mic veteran. Uh, in Tennessee, there was a small cafe, the Cafe Paradiso, that uh, every Friday night opened its doors to, uh, to open mic nighters. And a friend of mine, you know, me and him grabbed a guitar and Wrestled on down to the old coffee shop and started up our group by no popular demand. And uh, it was so much fun. And I think what I love most about open mic errs um, is, is just the simple fact that it's so laid back. You know, the atmosphere, nobody judges because you're just up there to have a good time. And everybody understands that. So there's no judgment. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of uh, by no popular demand, you need to get you need to get me some of that audio and I'll just put it in the show. I actually have it, so I will. We, we should do that. We should put By No Popular Demand up on Podcast Stockton. We will. We'll have it for this episode because I can actually find exactly where to download it. <laughs> awesome. All right. And of course, if you are interested in going to another awesome open mic night, Blackwater uh, opens their doors Wednesday nights. That's on 912 North Yosemite Street. And uh, they're open for their open mic on Wednesday night. So yeah, Blackwater, one of my favorite places in Stockton it's to a see nice live place. music. Absolutely. I, I think... Uh, I think uh, JW from the Afternaps actually runs that one, um, or at least they. I know they play there. Um, and uh, the Afternaps we've raved about before from the Asparagus Festival on Earth Day. A great local uh, kid-friendly band, but they um, have an interesting, uh, it, it, very interesting concept to say the least. So uh, I know my cousin's a very uh, frequenter of the of the Blackwater. Oh, uh, Daniel, his band Filbert. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very Filbert. cool. So there's there's two places in Stockton Wednesday nights at Blackwater, 912 North Yosemite, and Thursday nights at Empire Theater, 1825 Pacific Avenue, on the Miracle Mile, to uh, go do open mic, you know, bring your guitar and sing or just read poetry. I don't know. I'd, if I could sing, Rod, I would do it. You know what I want to see? I want to see a good washboard solo. So if you play the washboard and you go down to the Blackwater, please let us know first so I can go down 
and watch it. A washboard solo. A washboard solo. Hey, wait a minute. Don't you sing? You can sing. Uh, We should do open mic. I'll play the guitar. You sing. We'll let you know. Well, actually, you can find out for yourself because uh, we're going to run the clip now, aren't we? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back by No Popular Demand. Time for a sports update with Lowell Tuckerman. With Lowell Tuckerman. With Lowell Tuckerman. Hello, Stockton. This is Lowell Tuckerman here with your podcast, Stockton Sports Update. This week, I am live from the HP Studios on March Lane. Thanks to a Ryan Constant power play goal, 36 seconds into the third overtime, the Stockton Thunder were able to avoid going down 3 to nothing in their series against the Idaho Steelheads. The Thunder are down 2-1, to one, and they will have Game 4 and 5 in Stockton this Friday and Saturday at the Stockton Arena. For your playoff tickets, go to StocktonThunder.com. It's been a rough past two starts for Stockton native and Oakland A's pitcher Dallas Braden. He's 0-2 with an ERA north of 7 in his last two starts. He'll make his next start in Oakland when the Tampa Bay Rays come to Oakland this weekend. The Stockton Ports are 12 and 14 on the season. They are heading out on a five-game road trip to Bakersfield. They'll be back in Stockton on May 11th for a short three-game series against Modesto. After a disappointing season for Mustangs baseball and rumors that their coach Reed Peters is considering retirement, I had a chance to talk to Reed Peters on the Delta College campus this week, and he has told me that he will be back next year to coach the Mustangs. So far, so good for Northern California's Major League Baseball teams. The Oakland A's are 15-14 and 14 and in first place in the AL West by a half a game over the Texas Rangers. And the San Francisco Giants have taken over first place in the AL West, and they have a 16-10 record. Also, the San Jose Sharks, they are up 3 nothing in their series with the Detroit Red Wings. They're hoping to advance to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2004. That is your sports update right here on Podcast Stockton. I'm Lowell Tuckerman, live here from the HP Studios on March Lane. We'll send it back to Matt and Rod in the Outback Studios. Hi, this is Gabriel, and I'd rather be watching Stockton Thunder in the playoffs.
All hail the Stockton Thunder, man. In their fifth season, who would have uh, who would have thought that they'd be enjoying this much success? Um, you know what? This is this is incredible. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I know we, sports is Lowell's domain, but we had to talk about this. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. You cannot we cannot let a week go by. And uh, we are actually uh, broadcasting broadcast. We are recording and broadcasting live on UStream. But um, there's actually a Thunder game going on right now, right at this very moment. Right now, as we record this, it's 10 minutes before 9 on Friday. We've never recorded this late in the week. No. But um, so we're checking we're checking Twitter um, on the iPad to make sure that we get scoring updates. And the uh, last update we got was from Mike, and it's uh, Stockton Thunder up one to nothing against Idaho. Boy, we missed one heck of a game a couple nights ago, did we not? Get him, boys. That was three overtimes of work. I mean, that triple overtime in any sport is, uh, is just incredible. But for hockey, that's two games in one. So. Yeah, and they uh, luckily they scored that uh, winning goal just uh, you know a minute or so into that third overtime. But and I did find out because I asked some folks that read the game about the rest period between the overtime sessions because normally they take twenty minutes, right? Yeah, like an twenty minute, minute period, twenty minute rest. Well, they only rested for fifteen minutes, and I don't know. I've never played hockey, but and you've certainly been around hockey a lot. You've called it for a whole weekend. <laughs> the pads, the skates—that's a lot of work, man. Well, those guys were exhausted because we actually uh, we actually had them at the at Banner Island Ballpark the next day, and uh, I was talking to a lot of those guys, and and they were just like, "Look, we just woke up like an hour ago, and it was four o'clock in the afternoon." So, um, yeah, it was it was crazy, but they loved it, and they had such a good time. And I tell you what, when they win tonight, I say win. That's right. When they win tonight, uh, and, and the the show moves on to tomorrow, uh, I was talking to, um, I believe it was Constant Ryan Constant. And I said, uh, "How awesome is it going to be to uh, to get these next two in and uh, and go clinch it in in Idaho?" And he was like, "Man, we just only hope." Yeah, so. yeah. And Ryan Constant was the uh, the uh, guy that scored the winning goal at the triple overtime night. It was amazing. Actually, it was interesting that uh, Sacramento news stations, I know um, News Ten at least, they showed a clip, a video of that winning score from somebody's cell phone. That they had posted on Facebook. So <laughs> see, that's awesome. I mean, it was like eleven quarter after eleven, maybe even close to eleven thirty at night. But uh, yeah, that 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 was definitely pretty exciting, and and especially to be a a new team. And we've sure we've broke the attendance records, but you know now they've proven they can put together a uh, a winning franchise. I mean, to be in the hunt um, right now, the Thunder are down three to one in the series, um, but that crucial win keeps them in the you know keeps them in the hunt. So they win tonight. And uh, I think you know, I think I'm ready to call you know advantage Stockton, right? Oh, absolutely. Even even if we're down three to two, we we will have fate and momentum on our side. Yeah, and and more than that, I mean, these uh, the great part about the Thunder overall is that they uh, they know that they are uh, they know their fans are behind them. I you know I was talking to to Garrett Hunt and I was talking to him about the attendance records, and I said you know it's got to be nice playing in a city where you know, you continually break uh, the record for attendance. And he's like, oh man, I love these fans. He's like, you know, we didn't have a huge crowd the other night. He's like, we're used to, you know, five, six, 7,000 people. He said, but, uh, but they've been there all season long. And, and he said, these are the diehards. And I asked him too, I said, wait, cause last time I checked, we were down, uh, we weren't winning the attendance record uh, the last time I checked. Oh, wow. But, but buddy, Garrett Hunt says, oh yeah, no, we got it. We got it down to the very end. We actually uh, got it. So uh, these guys keep up. They know their they know their stuff. They know Stockton very well. Yeah, and we're uh, so we're we're taking a little bit of a risk again that we're talking about the Thunder going all the way to uh, to win the Kelly Cup and the ECHL championship. 
first they got to they got to finish off Idaho and they're playing tonight. So, um, you know, props to you guys and props to the rest of the Thunder fans. Let's see if we can, um, you know, help bring home the, you know, the at least this round. And then let's go on to the I, I don't even know who, who they'll play in the championship. I don't I don't know enough about the ECHL. Do you happen to know? Uh, right now, uh, there's a, I can't remember who the, the other bracket is, but yeah, even if so, they I still think they have a good shot if they can beat Idaho because Idaho has been a thorn in their side for a while. And I actually Idaho has been a thorn in everybody's side for a while. So should they manage to put down Idaho? I, I think it might be clear sailing for the rest of the way. Yep. And wouldn't it be cool if we had a, a ports first half season win in a Stockton Thunder, you know, so let's let's go Stockton teams. It was so awesome to see them both in uh, just hanging out and talking to each other and, and getting to know each other last night. It was, uh, that was incredible. I yeah, loved it. And I love the video you put up, uh, or I don't know who took the video. It obviously wasn't you, but you doing your thing at the ports game and having a couple of thunder players play in the, uh, the role of keg, I guess. Yeah. The um, keg roll. Yeah. The keg roll. So, uh, that was pretty cool to watch them a little bit out of their, uh, out, out of their norm. Hey, they loved it. They wanted to do that. They've been begging us for the last two days to get in on the field. So yeah. Cool. Amazing guys. Yeah, so once again, go Thunder, and uh, we'll get a win tonight, and uh, hopefully everybody will get out there this weekend and catch the next game. This just in, breaking news, Stockton Thunder defeat the Idaho Steelheads. 7-2, to two, the final Friday night during the recording of this podcast. Yeah, of course, you probably already know that, but as we are recording, final word, 7 to 2 Stockton Thunder victorious which brings them to 3. They're down 3 to 2 in the series, but they will return tomorrow night again in the Stockton Arena to take on the Idaho Steelheads. And then if they win that one, they push game 7 into Idaho and that is the game the or that's a series decider which will take uh Stockton to the next round or not. So, go Thunder. Congratulations. All right, so uh, first here for Podcast Stockton, a restaurant review, but I don't really think you can call it a restaurant. Not unless you consider dessert a full course. Well, it could Well, the be. dessert is a full course, but not a three-course meal, as it were. No, it's not. We're talking about uh, Yogurt My Way, and uh, Yogurt My Way has a couple of locations uh, here in Stockton in uh, Lincoln Center, and uh, also at uh, 1924 North Pacific, the Miracle Mile, and... Um, you know, if you're like me and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm too manly to eat yogurt, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you got to check this place or out. Or you didn't even know what yogurt was I until a couple of days ago. I knew what yogurt was. I'm just saying that yogurt, frozen yogurt is ice cream to me. It's no different. It's just, it's soft serve ice cream. Um, but yogurt my way is just like the name implies. It's yogurt however you want it. And uh, uh, my wife and I and uh, daughters went there. Of course, they've all been there before, but uh, I went there recently and walked in and I, I didn't quite get it. There's... Little, there's a counter and a cash register at the side, and then there's, you know, all the um, ice cream or frozen yogurt machines. And um, I was looking for, you know, you know, what's their modus operandi? And then it hit me, it's yogurt my way. <laughs> the name it says so much. It's like it's like BLT where the name describes it exactly. So it's have, dead on. So have you been to yogurt my way? Um, I was there once, uh, and this was about five years ago or so. So. Five. They haven't even been open five years. Was it? I don't think it's something. And maybe else. you haven't been here. I know I've been there. I think they've only been open for a year. My sense of time sucks. So yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, you were in. Uh, you were in high school. You were in the military, and then you were a Delta. And Back here, you know. somewhere in there, I was there. 
So uh, Yogurt My Way has, they have different different flavors of yogurt um, I, get, I gather every day. Uh, but I went for the chocolate, van- there's, you know, chocolate vanilla, you can swirl it. But the best thing about Yogurt My Way is that all the toppings, all the stuff you can cram into your yogurt, you, you do it yourself. And they, you know, the price is by weight. So if you load up, you know, with, you know, toppings, it'll cost you more. And it's not cheap ice cream because I think for the four of us, it was like 20 bucks. Um, it was great yogurt, but man, they have every cookie and candy and chocolate and gummy bears because I've got to have gummy bears yeah, have on my frozen yogurt, bears. even though it makes it, even though it makes them hard and um, not really very chewy. Um, you got to go, got to go gummy bears. I agree. So I went with, uh, I went with all fruit. I did, you know, blueberry, pineapple, strawberry, uh, everything. And it was just okay. Next time, the next time we went, I took out the blueberries because that's kind of nasty in the yogurt. But um, it was great. I just, I just love the fact that I can make it my way. They see there you go, yogurt my, my way. My way, there it is. I'm, I, but me, every time I do that, every time I, I have an opportunity to do something my way like that, um, I always load up on the Oreo, uh, all the chocolate and all the sweet stuff that uh, I can fit in that bad boy, and of course the gummy bears. Have to have the gummy bears. But yeah, uh, yeah. So the other thing, the other reason, you know, I. I I wanted to talk about yogurt my way is I you know I learned a little bit about these guys recently, and uh, you know I'm impressed with their with their store and I've only been in the one in Lincoln Center, um, but I'm just I'm impressed with their layout and their design and their style. But what I'm really impressed about Rod is the fact that it's not a franchise. Absolutely not. It's it's locally owned. It's somebody had an idea to sell frozen yogurt, and I'm sure this is this concept is not you know it, it's not. It doesn't only exist in Stockton. I'm sure people all over the U.S. are doing this, but they named it themselves. They, you know, they designed it themselves, and they're not a friend. And there's nothing wrong with franchises, because of course I'd love to open a Chick Fil A in Stockton. Absolutely. But um, it's I like I dig the fact that it's their concept, that it's their it's their store. They've got two of them, and they're owned by the same people that own Whirlos. That's top secret information. Also at Lincoln Center and the Miracle Mile, and a great family run. Uh, business as well, but uh, I just I again I like the fact that it's you know local flair. It's it's their idea, and um, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. And I, you know the last uh, couple of days has just been pretty hot. And, you know in the evening I'm like I could really go for some yogurt yogurt my way. Yeah, so That's the uh, catch. So definitely uh, if you're into frozen yogurt or, or ice cream, because if you like ice cream, don't you automatically like frozen yogurt? Uh, no, no. Some people who like Froyo don't like ice cream because of the calories and the way uh, ice cream tastes versus their Froyo. Froyo's, it's a uh, it's a lifestyle. It's not did, just something you eat. Did you say fr- Froyo? Yes, Froyo. Froyo? Froyo. It's the hip, the hipster's way of saying frozen yogurt. Get with the times. I, I've never heard that. Yeah, I'm learning. I don't even know you. No, I, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that this subculture existed. It so, does. It see, does. Froyo's big. I just discovered this, and I hope if you have uh, never thought that you'd be a person that would call something Froyo, um, that you definitely check out Yogurt My Way, or more appropriately, Yogurt Your Way. Um, again, they have two locations, one at uh, uh, one in Lincoln Center and uh, one on the Miracle Mile. Definitely, uh, definitely check them out. Holy smokes, podcast Stockton listeners. It's your favorite time of week. Time for me, your friend, John Remington, to bring you the ads of the week. This week on ClausalGoodies.com, why not go on a pigeon hunt? Check out that great computer desk for sale. And looking for those perfect push-ups? We got them right here on ClausalGoodies.com. 
find all these great ads and many more on ClosetGoodies.com where it never costs you anything to post and search ads. Thank you for using our website and thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton. I'm joined live today in the Outback Studios by Emily Bain, Marketing Director for the Downtown Stockton Alliance. Emily, thanks for coming on live. Thanks for having me. All right. So first and foremost, what is the Downtown Stockton Alliance? You know, we're similar to a Chamber of Commerce, uh, only we're focused only in downtown Stockton. We represent about 1,000 business and property owners, and our, our sole reason for existing is to ensure that their investment in downtown Stockton is profitable by creating a safe community, especially focused on developing nightlife. Ooh, nightlife. So no, no day life. You're not, not into promoting day life. Well, the good news is we have plenty of day life already, so it's the nightlife that we're trying to extend for. <laughs> That's true. It's to get people to stay down there after work, I guess, or to come back after work. Yeah, you know, there's over 20,000 people that work in downtown, and so part of that is actually pulling them out of their offices to do some spending during lunch, and then also making sure that the businesses that are we are recruiting into the downtown serve the folks that are working down there, hopefully eventually the folks that live down there, and then the folks that um, are recreating down there as well. Great. So uh, it might be... a um Silly question to uh, from your perspective, but I've always been curious, what is the definition of downtown Stockton? Well, we have a map that, that we have available on our website for you and our listeners, um, but downtowns defined different ways depending on who you're asking. So for our focus, it's, it's based on the district that we assess. So in order to be in the downtown Stockton area, you have to be, your, your property has to be next to a property that's already located within our assessment district. We have four different assessment districts uh, with different levels of assessment. So three of the four districts are paying based on where their property is located, and they're paying as part of their, of their property tax. They've made the decision um, and are allowed to revote this decision in and out of existence. We have another eight years on the last vote. They've made the decision to pay this assessment. Um, if our services at any time are not adequate for what their needs are, they can revote and eliminate the alliance and eliminate the assessment. The, the fourth and newest form of assessment is a tax on business licenses. And that's, that's on the core that people probably know is downtown. That's on the area right around the movie theater, stretching out towards the waterfront warehouse. And that's our nightlife entertainment area. So those folks are actually paying an assessment on their business because they're open after 7 p.m. for additional marketing services to develop nightlife in downtown. Oh, wow. And uh, there, certainly in the last uh, few years, there's been a considerable amount of growth downtown um, some of that I'm assuming is from the help of your organization? Well, we can't take all the credit for it. It, it From my understanding, granted, I've, I've been with the organization about two and a half years and it's been in existence for 11. So there's a history that I didn't live. But my understanding of it is that downtown was at a point where infrastructure wise, it needed to be cleaned up. So that's why you see so many new things along the waterfront, like the ballpark, like the arena, like the Lexington Hotel, parts of the waterfront warehouse, Weber Point, DeCarly, um, Hunter Square, and then also the movie theater. So there was a whole phase where it was just about investing in infrastructure that was attractive and safe enough to attract investment and attract visitors. Um, now we're at the phase where those spaces are attractive, but there's still a high enough level of vacancy where our focus is on recruiting businesses and then bringing the businesses to life that have decided to invest in downtown through events and promotions. Great. So when I think about downtown Stockton and all of the events going on, the thing I, I think about first is the downtown farmers market and that's is that put on by your organization yep all in all we put on about 120 special events a year uh, we also support another one to 200 depending on what else is going on in downtown but the events that we put on include the farmers market that's every Friday May through October 
We're exploring a new location this year. Before we were in DeCarly Square. We're moving over to um, the area right across from the movie theater. I apologize. We were originally in Hunter Square. We're moving into the area right across from the movie theater, which is called DeCarly. Um, before, the market was on the part of Main Street right in front of Bob Hope Theater going into Hunter Square from 9 to 2 on Fridays. What that meant for us is that our staff was essentially operating from about 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. because we also patrol around the movie theater area on Friday nights. In addition, we're losing uh, Hunter Square to new construction for the courthouse, which is a positive for Stockton, um, a negative for some of the folks that are interested in the historical preservation of, of the square. Um, but because we're losing that space and we're looking to condense our staffing, we're moving the market over to the waterfront. It'll operate from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. every Friday, May through October. Three Fridays during the summer will go until 9 p.m. with a beer garden and an art show. In addition, we put on Taste of San Joaquin, which is held every 4th of July weekend. That's all about barbecue, local brews, car shows, classic rock. It's a great 4th of July event, very family-friendly. We also put on Stocktoberfest, which is our take on Oktoberfest. That's held the second weekend in October. There's one also on the Miracle Mile. Uh, this is a different one. This is held down in the Waterfront Warehouse. And then the second Friday of every month, we have additional business promotions. So we had a Celebrate Love business promotion, uh, which included an opportunity to ride on a yacht through the Stockton Channel and, and dinner in downtown. We had a St. Patty's Day pub crawl. Uh, we've had our Uno de Mayo pub crawl that just passed. Uh, we also have great promotions coming up for Mother's Day and Father's Day, which include opportunities to do um, a beer class for the dads. Mm. And then uh, Ladies' Night at Perigary's with spa services. And so that continues throughout the year, including a holiday event, the, the actual first Friday of December. Oh, wow. So touching uh, back on the, on the pub crawl, those are uh, new to the Stockton area, but seem to be growing in popularity. Have, have you seen attendance grow in each one of those? Yep. We actually just completed our ninth pub crawl. So um, when they first started, we sold out at, at 200 people. We, we were careful to cap it at a very small, manageable amount to make sure we had the ability to move folks around from bar to bar and that all the bars had the capacity to take in large numbers of people. Um, the largest pub crawl we've done to date was over 500 tickets, and now we're holding stable between two and 300 tickets. Our sellout amounts are, are different every, every pub crawl, depending on the capacity of the bars that are involved in the crawl. And when's the next pub crawl? Our next one is not actually until Halloween. We have our costume crawl on Saturday, October 30th. Oh, nice. Very cool. So how did you get involved in working with the Downtown Stockton Alliance? Um, you know, I've only been in Stockton for uh, just about three years. I've been with the Alliance for two and a half of those. Before that, I did similar work um, in downtown El Cajon, which is in East San Diego County. And before that, I uh, put on the entertainment for Fiesta Cinco de Mayo in Old Town San Diego. So before that was doing similar work in business districts in Australia. So this has sort of been my career, focusing on tourism development in different business districts. Um, I came to Stockton to finish a master's in public policy at USC in the Sacramento campus and uh, came and met with Kathy Miller, who was the executive director at the time. And she told me this position was coming available and it just seemed like it was meant to be. Wow, very good. So you went from Southern California to Stockton to go to Sacramento to take classes from USC. Did I hear that right? Yeah, pretty direct route, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't think of Sacramento when I think of USC. <laughs> Very cool. So tell me a little bit about the, the staff at the Alliance. Is, is it just you or, and you're doing all of these things as a um, puppet master or, or I'm sure that there are other people that work there? Yeah, it's, it's hardly all me. We've got a great team. Uh, there's a staff of, at this point, we're at about 25 folks. Uh, we have 
uh, a marketing department, which I oversee, which includes our special events, all of our graphic design, and our ambassadors. So our ambassadors are the folks that are patrolling the Cinema Plaza on Friday nights. Um, they do everything from welcoming jurors to the downtown during the day and giving restaurant recommendations to um, doing uh, sort of the eyes and ears patrol of the police department later in the evening. Um, and then also doing our outreach into all the college campuses and into all the downtown businesses. We have a pretty extensive distribution system that they manage. We also have, um, so I should actually back up. We have five focus areas in our organization. Marketing is one. Uh, that includes events, promotions, and graphic design. Ambassadors and public safety is another. That includes our ambassador team. The third is economic development. So we have another um, department director who oversees that. Her name is Mimi. And her role is to recruit businesses into the downtown, to provide the, the market data that we need to attract investors into downtown, and then to ensure that the businesses are successful once they're there. Uh, we focus on public policy. We're actually not a 501c3. We're a 501c6, which al allows us to do lobbying work on behalf of our property owners. That's overseen by our newest member of our team. That's uh, Tim, our new executive director. And then we also provide maintenance services to the downtown. So almost 24 hours a day, we have folks power washing the streets, removing graffiti, picking up trash. Well, and are your ambassadors volunteer positions or are they paid positions? I see those guys down there all the time. They do a great job. Uh, the majority of them are paid positions, but we've actually lately been augmenting our staff with volunteers from SCAP and WorkNet. So these folks are paid, but they're not paid out of the um, the funds that are raised from our stakeholders. So we've been able to extend our staff. Actually, I think we're up to almost 35 now, including those volunteers. And then in order to pull off all these events, um, for example, Taste of San Joaquin, we'll have over 100 events, volunteers that are helping us that day. Oh, wow. Very cool. So you've you've used social media pretty well, um, I would say. Um, I guess because I'm in that space as well, but um, Facebook and Twitter and, and um, just your website to, to promote those events, is that something new for the Alliance? It is. You know, part of what I was tasked with is uh, my background is in special events, especially as they relate to nighttime entertainment. So part of the reason that um, I was selected for the job is I was charged with uh, with taking our current marketing mix and bringing it to life and making sure that it was focused on all age generations. Historically, we've been focusing on a newspaper and on a website that had some functionality issues. So we were reaching a much smaller group of, of folks in Stockton than we could now, although I still think we have a much, <laughs> we have a lot more to, to accomplish. But um, so in the meantime, what we've done is, is redesigned and relaunched our website. So it's more user friendly and also has um, increased functionality so it can be used on different mobile sites. We're in the process of making it um, compatible for different BlackBerry applications. Uh, we also have a presence on Facebook, although that's an area we could be doing better because we could create a Facebook identity for every single program we run, but uh, we're a relatively small department to manage that. That's linked to our Twitter account. And then um, lately, we really challenged ourselves to bring YouTube into that as well and align the social media with a more traditional media. So our latest campaign was uh, mimicking the Dos Equis, World's Most Interesting Man. We brought to life the World's Most Interesting Crawler, so sort of a spoof on on the good and bad things about the pub crawls that we've been organizing and we did that through a mixture of uh, a video that students at University of the Pacific created for us of the actual world's most interesting crawler in action. Uh, then we had a competition on the radio to allow people to win a chance to ride in the Dos Equis limo with the world's most interesting crawler at the pub crawl. And then we also held a competition on Facebook and Twitter to actually locate the world's most interesting man in downtown. And if you were the first to spot him, you got to join in on the limo as well. Oh, wow. So tell me about the, the radio contest. I didn't, I didn't hear anything about that one. Yeah, that one was on the Hawk. So um, part of what we've been lucky um, in in taking a very small marketing budget and making it seem much larger than it is is through a partner with, partnership with all the Citadel radio stations. So uh, the one that we partnered with this time was the Hawk. 
they gave away five sets of two tickets to join the pub crawl, and the grand prize winner actually won an opportunity to ride in the limo with the world's most interesting crawler. That was, I believe we held that last Thursday. Well, so since, since the, the, that particular pub crawl was already over, who was the most interesting crawler? That was actually our ambassador supervisor, Nick Trollson. Oh, very cool. <laughs> and uh, we, we put him in a nice little three-piece suit and a, a big plastic beard, and, and he played the role quite well. He had an accent and everything. Oh, that is awesome. That is very awesome. So, yeah, it, it, is, uh, it is nice to see things going on in downtown Stockton being promoted on Facebook and on Twitter because um, it, it's, a, it's a great medium in my mind to get people talking about it and um, you know, to find out about it in, with enough advance notice that uh, folks can plan on attending. Well, and, and I think that the burden's really on us to make sure that we stay interesting and current. But by using only print publications as we were before and in a newspaper format, we're really losing a lot of our audience the same way that traditional newspapers are struggling. So by, by increasing our distribution onto all the college campuses through postcard-sized um, promotional material instead of just a newspaper, that reaches a new audience. And then by making sure that we have sort of a daily presence and personality on these social media sites, hopefully it makes us more um, more approachable. It allows us to interact with people that are interested in downtown, and hopefully we're more responsive to what the community is actually looking for out of their downtown. Great. So Emily, what has to happen next for downtown Stockton to really uh, to really get to that next level? You know, the best example of when you're looking for what does a successful downtown look like, um, I always refer back to the gas lamp area in San Diego. That's what I'm most familiar with. So their mix is nightlife for tourists, shopping for tourists, office space for locals, and then housing and, uh, and apartment and hotel space. So really in order to be what I would call a successful downtown, you have to be operating 24 hours a day. At this point, we have a huge void in the housing. There is housing that surrounds the downtown. It's incredibly diverse and incredibly low income. So this isn't um, an effort to disenfranchise those folks or not provide service. Um, a lot of what we are doing in providing safety services and providing access to fresh and healthy foods through the farmer's market really are addressing some of the needs that that community has. We also have changed a lot of our marketing materials to be multilingual so that we're reaching into a much more diverse community. But at the same time, we need to have market rate, market rate housing and available above in the downtown. So when you're looking at most successful downtowns, they have many mixed-use uh, projects, which means that the ground floor is all retail, the second to third floor is usually an office use, and then above that is, is some sort of housing use. Sometimes it's condos, sometimes it's a, a loft space that you can buy. But whether it's rental or ownership, just having people who are in the downtown 24 hours a day will be what brings a downtown to life. It builds in an immediate customer base, but then it becomes sort of a chicken or the egg issue. Do we need a grocery store in order to attract housing, or do we need housing there in order to have patrons for a grocery store? And so where we get stuck is that investors from the outside that are bringing in maybe a chain grocery store are looking at the immediate demographics in the area and are feeling like they don't have the demographics to support it. So um, what, what we're excited about that we're in line with the new redevelopment director, he's the, currently the interim redevelopment director, Gus, um, about is that it's time to make sure that the city and the alliance are the first ones out saying, we welcome housing, we're here to bend over backwards to see what we can do to make housing happen for developers that can come in and create um, projects that are an example to others as well. Which is interesting that um, you talk about the, the need for, for further development in the housing front when, if you look at north of downtown and south of downtown <laughs> we've been on a development craze um and some would say that uh, the city has uh, has caved into you know to uh, developers but you know there there is that pocket in downtown where there isn't a lot of residency so 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a debate when you talk about the philosophy behind downtown development as far as is is sprawl really the enemy of downtown development? And and it really depends on the personality of the community. And, you know, it's, I, I get the irony of saying that we need more housing when we're in the current mar- market that we're in, in Stockton, having the issues with foreclosures. You know, I definitely see all that. But there is, in every downtown, there is a market for some housing. There are people that would prefer a lifestyle that's very dense, where they don't need to have a car, where they can rely on public transportation, where they live, work, and play within a three- to four-block radius. There's others that don't want that. You most likely are not going to convert one to the other. Right. But it's important in the community to offer both in order to have true investment of, of multiple types of folks as well. Yeah, and I know that uh, the, the intent, obviously, with the Lexington, and I somehow forgot what the original name was, but the uh, that there was a hope to build um, condos or sell condos there. And then I know Hotel Stockton was supposed to have um, low-income senior housing, if I remember right, correct? Yeah, and the Hotel Stockton actually does have, uh, I believe, weekly, at least I know for sure, monthly low-income senior housing available. Um, and then the Lexington, which was originally the Sheraton, uh, the, part of their development plan was investment in the condos. And unfortunately, their condos were priced at a point for the what people would get. It just it wasn't making sense for a lot of investment, I think. Right. Plus the uh, the, the timing of that, trying to sell waterfront condos um, at a time right when the uh, the real estate market was starting to starting to crash. So exactly. Bad, bad timing. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Great. So uh, now now for the uh, the final four, the famous final four that everyone gets for coming on a podcast, Stockton. First, um, well, Emily, you already answered the first one. You, you've been in Stockton, you said three years? Yep. Yep. Three years and two and a half of them have been with the Downtown Alliance. Great. So what do you like about Stockton? When I come to Stockton, I feel like there's nothing but potential. I will say the thing that the one thing I dislike about it is the negative attitude of folks towards their own city. Although I don't think that just being a cheerleader and painting a rosy glow on things is going to solve the issues that are are embedded in Stockton. But when I look at this market, there's a huge amount of possibility. There's there's a up and coming, educated, um, semi affluent, considering this market um, demographic, the 25 to 35. That traditionally there's been a bit of a gap of that in this city, and there's more and more interest from that age group in particular in being here. So to me, as somebody whose job is to develop nightlife. There's my market, and it's developing, and it's it's hungry for more things. There's also, I mean, to be honest, I'm not going to say that the events we're putting on are are as perfect as they can be. It could be because I'm the one planning them, and I always see an opportunity for improvement. But I think we're far from perfect, but we're getting a lot of support from the community because we're offering something positive, something affordable, and something different than what's happening in the community. So I think that, that this is an area that's filled with folks that desperately want to support something good going on in their town because they're tired of the negativity so for me, that creates a huge opportunity in my personal career and then also for the agency that I work for. I would say that's my favorite. Great. So in, in the few short years you've, you've been, uh, been around, what, what's your favorite Stockton memory? You know, I've had the opportunity a couple times to go out on the, the boat with the, the Coors Light folks that are, are promoting to different uh, bars and restaurants on the Delta. And getting to see Stockton from the water perspective has been amazing. I'm from San Diego, grew up near the beach, so felt a little landlocked at first when I came up here thinking I had to go as far as San Francisco to see ocean. But getting to see the sort of the real Delta spirit that it comes with this area has been some of the most fun for me. Yeah, there definitely is a vibe out in the Delta. And, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, for the for most people that are on the Delta, they don't say they live in Stockton, but uh, we, all of us that have grown up around it, there's there's the uh, the land side of Stockton and then there's the water side. And 
Very different, but tons of fun out there on the water. Yeah, the land versus the Jimmy Buffett is what yeah, I would call exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. All the paradeds. Um, so what do you like to do for fun when you're uh, in Stockton besides all the great events that you are putting on with the DSA? Yeah, I live near the Miracle Mile area. So for me, it's really convenient to frequent some of the bars and restaurants there. I'm a big uh, yogi, so I'm a big fan of Bikram yoga. Go sweat it out a couple times a week. I also like to cycle. So this area is perfect for cycling. Um, you're very close as well if you want to do a day or a weekend trip. So I've spent a lot of time already in Tahoe and Sacramento and San Francisco. Although I hate to come on here and say that my favorite thing to do is leave. That's that's not the <laughs> message at all. But um, if I had to sum it up, that's where I spend my time. Great. If uh, people want to find out more about what's going on in downtown Stockton or more about the Downtown Stockton Alliance, where can they go? Well, we're on the, the web at downtownstockton.org. I recommend that you click on what's happening as the main tag on our, our website and take a look at past issues of the Downtowner and at our events calendar. We're also on Facebook at Downtown Stockton Alliance and on Twitter at D underscore Town Stockton. Awesome. Well, Emily, thanks so much for coming on to Podcast Stockton. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Podcast Stockton. We want to thank Emily Bain from the Downtown Stockton Alliance. If you want to learn more about the Downtown Stockton Alliance, you can visit their website at downtownstockton.org. Next week, we're going to give you another shot at the question of the week. We want to know, what do you do for a cheap date here in Stockton? Yeah, so if you're on a budget, limited budget, and you want to take your significant other out, where do you go? Leave us a message on our listener line at 209-565-3229 or send them to mail at podcaststockton.com. Also, find us on YouTube and Facebook, username Podcast Stockton. Find me on Twitter, username Podcast Stockton. And me at RJ Gomez. For links to all the things we talked about on today's show, visit us online at podcaststockton.com. And until next time, make it great, Stockton.